Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. This is your weekly poker show, Poker Action Line. We come to you from South Florida every week. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, now the card room director at Casino Miami. And uh, he's been back for a little while. And uh, let's start there, Joe, because there are a lot of things to talk about tonight. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, hosting a tournament, uh, the conclusion of the tournament up at Palm Beach Kennel Club. So that's stuff we've been looking at here locally, not to mention all the big name stories around the world. But let me ask you first, you've been back uh, in charge for a little while. Uh, I've had a chance to work over there a little bit. So there's been days when I've been in there that I've seen only play on the card player banked games and no full poker tables, not even action, but some getting ready to start. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be negative or anything here, but you've had some days where you've had many tables going. Uh, How is that for you? Is that really frustrating that some days you're, you're, you're going to have people in there and other days, nothing. Well, yeah, it's obviously uh, frustrating due to the fact that, you know, when I opened that room up in 2012, 2013, early 2013, um, you know, I'd open the room with four to six tables as soon as we opened the doors at 10 in the morning. You know, I tell everybody uh, uh, that the entrance, which is right next to the poker room, for some reason was open later, you know, and the, the further entrance was open. And as you know very well, Dave, it's got a little bit of, of, of a hallway, you know, to get to mm-hmm. the poker room. And, and I tell people, I say, you wouldn't believe this, but I'd stand there and literally watch nine players sat to a table. So you're looking at anywhere from 36 to 45 poker players running like as if we were, as if either someone had yelled fire or or we were giving away uh, <laughs> free money. And they'd all run not only, and I've seen this in other places where poker players come in to, you know, uh, get a specific seat, you know. Uh, they want a specific seat because it's either their lucky seat, they can see better, you know, wh- wh- whatever superstitious uh, reason they had for it. But here, not only would they all run over there, they were running to get to their favorite table and their favorite seat. Wow. So, you know, I never went through that particular instance, Dave, that you're seeing. And, you know, um, you work on Sundays and Mondays over there. And Sundays is our one day that we That's don't the worst have. Day. Right. We don't have a promote. I like to say a, yeah. a, a nice. Saturdays, for instance, right now, the size of our room, we're limited to seven tables with the max of seven players. Well, for the last three Saturdays, excuse me, <clears throat> for the last three Saturdays, we've had, we, you know, we've maxed out our tables with seven players and, you, you know, seven, eight, nine people waiting to play, which obviously means we could open up another table. Um, this is something that, you know, we're going through and so are our competitors, you know, we're limited to the size. I'm sure that's helped us. Our room is a lot smaller now than it was. They made the room smaller than when I was there as, as a director back then. Yeah. So, well, let me give people, let me give people a little history. You, uh, obviously were there in the very beginning for Miami, Miami highlight, uh, when they had the crystal card room, 
how much money was spent on that room? I don't remember. It was something like a million, oh, million, yeah. uh, 1.75 million. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Benniglet, who was uh, the president and CEO uh, of uh, Florida Gaming, uh, you know, they did a beautiful job. I guarantee you there's there's never been a more beautiful team. I mean, we had 16, yeah, that was, chan- that was something else. 16 chandeliers there. Yeah. And Dave, I don't know, because I know you've got family near the Tampa area and you were up there. Did you ever, because they only lasted about a year and a half before they sold that property. Did you ever, ever get up to the Tampa property after they opened I up did. the poker room? I did. The big difference is they didn't have the high ceiling like you guys did that would made it so majestic. But I remember, uh, you know, you guys had 45, 50 tables. I don't know what the exact number was. You also had dominoes, which were four or five tables that were full all the time. It was just a beautiful place, well accompanied, but it was just, you know, maybe – 20% full for the most part, most a lot of the well, time. Well, not at the beginning, Dave. Believe it or not, not at the beginning. It shocked the heck out of me. I'll never forget that we had Mr. Collette come in maybe about a month after we we opened the room. on And and, and the reason I, I, for some reason, these dates stick in my mind, we had uh, Mr. Collette's birthday, if I'm not mistaken, was the 20th of June. And they had a huge party, um, his I don't know, then girlfriend, whatever you would call it, but they threw a nice big party for her. We have a lot of invited guests, uh, including, um, you know, Olympic skater. I remember uh, the Rodriguez. I keep forget, I forgot her first name. But oh, her Jen- Jennifer. Name. Jennifer yeah, Rodriguez. Jennifer Rodriguez. Her father's she, name. She was Joseph a speed Rodriguez. skater. Right. Her, my, her father's Joseph Rodriguez, just like myself. Uh, we were introduced. We had a lot of dignitaries, and it was absolutely beautiful. The next day, we opened to the general public. We actually played poker on that night, but we opened the following day to the general public. And, you know, we were doing good. And people need to understand, listen to this show on Orange from South Florida. <laughs> they don't want to believe this, but uh, it was a quarter 50 cent game. And when people say, okay, well, you know, you can bet. No, no, you don't seem to understand. It's the betting structure, it was seven-card stud back then, which, you know, unfortunately here in South Florida is it's a oh, dead game. Oh, it was seven-card stud. I don't remember that even. Oh, it was – I mean, no one knew how to play Hold'em. Yeah. No one, yeah. And I remember Mike Smith that, you know, used to be on our – would be on the show to discuss all the things over there when he was the director at the Isle, you know, would say uh, – he, he mentioned on a show once that, you know, Hold'em was the game you would watch the World Series of Poker once a year, and, you know, to see yeah. who's the champion. But no one played it. And, well, I, can't, uh, I can't, can't imagine when you say uh, no one no one knew how to play Hold'em. Boy, you are old. I'm telling you. It's like no <laughs> one. Listen, I, I had, I'll give you an example of how uh, I thought I knew everything about poker. The first time I played Hold'em, I saw how this game was going. And and I tell this to people so they can laugh in my face, and you could see either how tight I was, or you know. Um, but I was in a very big hand on ship uh, that I dealt on, and they, you know, when if you didn't deal, you were allowed to play on it. And I was involved in a pot where I wound up getting two pairs. I actually flopped two pairs, and the way the betting structure was situated, and obviously being no limit, I came from a limit background. I said, man, I must be trailing. I'm going to have to pair up, you know. And I got to the river and folded my hand, and the winner had one pair. 
<laughs> and needless to say, I was very upset. I didn't understand the, the how strong two pairs was in that situation. So right. I obviously, you know, said, All right, if you're gonna continue to play this game, you better learn how you better learn how to play this game. And you know, I, I love hold I've I've only been playing Hold'em now for forever. But Dave, just like you and I, we've played, we've mentioned many times we had the horse tournament that we played in at uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club. I love all those different games. Yeah. You know, yeah, but me too. back going back to that time, quarter 50 cents for those people who don't understand that. And the pot could not exceed $10. That, those right. the so that was the ridiculous part. Well, that was the most ridiculous part. Because understand? quarter 50 cents, you could actually go four bets and five bets if you didn't have that top limit. And you could have a hand for uh, $100, maybe. Well, maybe not $100, but at least you're playing to pick up. Twenty, thirty dollars against somebody in a hand, you know. Right. Right. Uh, at the end, of, at the end of the night, and and so uh, the re. Do you know the reason for that, Dave? Just so I'll educate you. The reason. Uh, the reason audience. it was a ten dollar, ten dollar yes. pot limit. I yes. don't know. That's it is okay. the Stone Ages. Well, I tell you. No, well. The Stone Ages of poker. What it was, you remember a guy Claude Pepper? Uh, yeah. I know when I moved down here, he was already very elderly. He was the. Uh, the, the senior citizens, the Gray Fox uh, representative yeah, yeah. In, in Florida, he had already been in, 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 I don't know if he was a senator or representative. I don't remember what which which branch he was in. But, you know, he, he had Miami Beach District. And he ran unopposed, supposedly, for his last three or four terms, you know, whatever they were, because no one could come close to him. Right. And, he had, and he had all the senior citizens, or as they were known as the Silver Foxes. And... You know, they love playing cards, you know, in, in, in their condo buildings and everything else. And the law stated that that was illegal. So being that none of them took a cut for the house, you know, um, he pushed through or somebody did it with the assistance of other politicians. They pushed through what they called the penny ante uh, poker. Right. And those were the restrictions of the penny ante. As long as you didn't, make. so those those were the rules that were implemented uh, back in '97. You know when it when it passed. Uh, you know, and, and and it allowed card rooms and, and paramutual facilities uh, with the with the approval of the state to um, you know to go to that. Everyone thought that that was just a small stepping stone to what we have today. And right. it took forever. So teaching people that particular instance and with those rules in place, then people go, well, did you rake a $10 pot? Well, no, we didn't rake it. <laughs> it's hard to rake a $10 pot. But you know that in seven card stud, sometimes there's an ante, either the button, you know, the, somebody is forced to be the ante or the whole table ante. Well, back right. then, they would only sit six people to the table. And everyone would have to put up a, a quarter, you know, a quarter chip. And the dealer would collect that and put that in the well. And so the house was raking $1.50 a hand. Okay. And sometimes the hands wouldn't get past 3 or $4. If people would check it down. So when you calculate the rate, it was like, it was ridiculous. The percentage, you know, if you added that one fifty into the pot, you'd be raking 25%, 15%. Right. If, you know, if the pot maxed out. And um, I couldn't believe it. On a Wednesday night when Mr. Clay was coming into town, I had 16, 17 tables 
yeah. running on a Wednesday night in that Crystal Carter and days. So, but it died out quickly because there's no money in there. Um, when you know, when ahead. was it that you moved out of that room? We moved out for June. We moved in there. Like I said, we had a party there June twentieth of ninety seven. We moved out of that room on July first of ninety eight. Oh, it was that. It was only you were only in there for a year. One year when we moved it out to where remember, like as if you the, the North Lounge. With, Exactly, the North Lounge where yeah, the area where there was uh, highlight betting windows and kind of just a nondescript lobby type area. Yeah, remember we had kind of like a big concession slash bar area that fell kind of like right in that middle of the North Lounge. So we went there. We were there for you know four or five years. Um, then you went up to the fourth floor of the restaurant. Right, and that's when well, I actually had left. For a year, I don't know if you knew that, but I went to Costa Rica to, to help with uh, right, an online right, poker that. site, and I was gone from um, what was the year that Boston won? That was two thousand and four. Two thousand four, so right? I left at the very end of two thousand and three, and I came back in February of two thousand and five. Five, and okay. yeah, two thousand and five. And about a month after being there is when we moved it up to the fourth floor, up to the Courtview Club. And it was there how long? I, I'm not even quite sure we got there to a year there. but That was actually know, a nice little area. There was kind of like a red velvet walls and, uh, you know, nice carpeting. There was a bar inside the room. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. Not big, but uh, big enough for your means, right, for the time you were up there? Yes, it was. And what had happened, Dave, is the reason we went up there and it was smaller, um, you mentioned at the beginning of this thing that we had dominoes. And when we first opened the big room for the event, we had 36 poker tables, four domino tables. We opened the room with 40 tables, if I'm not mistaken. And dominoes really took off. Um, in less than a month, we were at, we, we replaced poker tables with, with more domino tables. And um, we wound up having 12 domino tables. And we moved Why them all to the North Lounge. Why did that end, that, the, okay. the desire yeah. to play that? <laughs> Great question, Dave. The reason that that ended is due to the fact that uh, no smoking in the building. Oh, wow. Yeah, that had a big effect. I mean, that was, that was huge, you know, and, uh, you know, people were allowed to smoke in the building then. So it wasn't, it, you know, but in the time that I left um, uh, in that 2004 year, is when they passed the um, they 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 passed the smoking bill, and um, it killed the game. It completely killed the game. Um, we 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 actually brought it back. If you remember, I don't know if you would remember, but when we opened up the casino where we are now, I mean where the poker room is now, we brought it back with four four tables of dominoes again. Um, you know. Because they, when they expanded the laws uh, to allow no limit, like, you know, now no restrictions on the pot and everything else, they forgot to include dominoes in the, in the language. They forgot. Uh, they just, you know, <laughs> well, no, no, they what, did forget. You know why? 
because no one was doing what we were doing with it. Magic City, uh, known as Flag of the Dog Track back then, were the, the only other ones, and they barely yeah. got any games up. You know, it was mucho, it was mucho, a, mucho, and competency also. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I this, <laughs> I had no well, you know, they're kicking everybody's ass in poker now, but down here, um, except for Hialeah, you know, but um, back then they couldn't compete with us. Yeah, and uh, you know. Domino's was, well, you know, here's the interesting fact. $1.50 a head, four players to a table, $1.50 a head a half hour, so you're talking $6 a half hour, $12 a table per hour, okay? And I was doing double revenue, double double the, uh, the revenue that I was producing in poker mm-hmm. in Domino's. Wow, that's okay? amazing. That's how, that's how it was. But no one else in the state played that. I actually even had a few games that were not originally put in, and I wrote the wording for it and got the state approval to play these games. And, um, it, you know, it was really nice to see that, you know, our, our boss, uh, you know, general manager and, and vice president, Dan, Dan Lashardi, said, write it up. I'll submit it to the state. And all of them got approved. All of them got yeah. approved. They were big games um and it was a lot of fun dave it really was but um you know the money was you know it didn't produce the the revenue that it's producing now and like you said we moved up to the fourth floor interesting fact there i I don't know if i've mentioned it on the show before but i wound up having about a half hour conversation he was up there with his wife and another couple having dinner at the court view club which is you well know as i do was actually the food was outstanding there. Yeah, it was very and you had a great view of the fourth floor to watch the the court. And you know, unfortunately, highlight was little by little dying at that time. But I had a great conversation with uh, Vince Van Patten. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, you know. So, um, and like I said, from there we moved back down to the North Lounge, and I'm trying to remember what year we moved back. Shortly from the fourth floor, we went to the North Lounge for maybe a year or two, and then we moved b- back into the, the old Crystal Cardinal. And we were there until we closed it down for um, the addition and construction of, you know, uh, the casino. That's where most of the, for people that haven't been there, that's where most of the casino is now in the big old big ballroom that used to be where people years ago that didn't get there before eight o'clock on a highlight night had to go back there and watch on TV sets, the big screen TVs back there. Uh, but they also use that for boxing. Uh, you know, I called many a, a I boxing was just about match. I to give you a lot of credit there, but you know, that you called on, uh, on, on, you, you remember what night that was? What famous football night it was when you called the two championships when you were the ring? It was the, I night, don't. the, the tuck, the tuck game, the tuck game. Oh, uh, the tuck game. Tom okay. Brady's tuck game with uh, against the Raiders. You called that, you know, and it was so funny because I went up at the very end after we had run our two championship games. I ran up to eat at the Courtview Club, and it was so funny because I was watching the game and I saw the fumble up in the Courtview Club. And I said, well, that's the game. Game over. Oakland's going to win it. See, I had already paid my tab and got in my car and went home. And by the time I got 
home. The game was in overtime, and I watched uh, this guy, uh, uh, Adam uh, Vinatieri, kick the winning field goal. I said, what the hell was going on? Well, I was like, <laughs> you were there. And, folks, let me tell you, Dave, Dave did a tremendous job. Uh, as I've always well, said, we he's had, got a great We had a lot of big-name guys there, and it was fun experiences, not just the fighters. Uh, uh, Randall Bailey was a local Miami guy that had the title for a while. But those were a lot of Don King fights. So King was there quite a bit. Uh, and, of course, he brought he in a lot of big-name fighters. Uh, I think uh, Tyson has been there. Holyfield came several times. Uh, Larry Holmes was there several times. Uh, big names from the boxing industry, including some, you know, Delahoya and some of the some of the lighter fighters. But uh, uh, we did have. I remember one night I called the early fights on Showtime uh, as the ring that announcer with Jimmy Lennon. Did the top? I think Jimmy Lennon did the top two fights. And he pushed off the earlier undercard fights to me. So I got a chance to to get on stage and actually made showtime. Also, I was on Tuesday night fights on uh, USA Network once. But anyway, that was the room that the casino's in now that was originally the poker room. And, uh, you know, what was management's view of the money they spent uh, over the years on the poker room? And it really just didn't evolve into something they wanted it to be. Uh, Was there a lot of heartbreak there and anger at the poker world or what? No, I never felt it, to be honest with you. I've never felt it. You know, um, you look at, like I said, it's, you know, it's, 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 you know that I'm a numbers guy. So whether you're a good numbers guy or not, it's, it's, you know, it's very simple to see that at a quarter 50 cents, you were never going to get your, you know, yeah. or it would take a, what would seem like a lifetime to get your, your investment back. So, when did that? When did those rates? Tell me the schedule of when the rates went up. It was sometime in the mid two thousands, uh, maybe two thousand five or six that okay, it went up my, a little bit. Yeah, my time schedule uh, may be a little bit off, but um, it was around trying to. I'm, I want to say somewhere around two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six. I know that when I came back from Costa Rica, so in 2005, I don't believe it had gone up yet. I believe it went up to where the betting structure could be one, you know, it could be literally, you know, one, two, Hold'em had now exploded because of Chris Moneymaker. You know, people were, you know, dying to have, you know, uh, no limit with no pot restrictions. So they allowed us to do run one, two, or two straight game, okay? Wow, uh, they max, which again, I've said it for years. The people in Tallahassee, God bless some nice people, but they, 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 didn't, have an, they didn't have an effing clue as to how any of this was. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they came up. I, I, I wish I could have been in that room and said, okay, what is the big difference between this and this? The restriction that, you know, okay, yes, the pots now could get up to a certain amount, but guess what? You could buy in for more than $100. Yeah. You could. So that was the max, 100. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what a lot of people did just so they could increase it and get themselves to have four, five, six, seven hundred dollars in, in stakes was one of two things. They hold black chips, which are $100 chips from the day before and sneak them into the game. And, you know, uh, I'm not saying we turned a blind eye to it, but uh, by the time we noticed them on there, you know, the game had been running for a couple of hours. Another way that they were doing this to get money up there is they kind of played, uh, you know, 
uh, high they would stakes. Go all, they, they, would they would have go all a high in. stakes, exactly. They would have a high stakes bingo, uh, similar to what we're doing today, except for the high hand. All it was was, okay, this guy now has six, $700. And you tried to move it around. Uh, I don't know if they did that also on their own, where at the very end, somebody would turn over and everybody say, okay, I folded. You know what I'm getting at. This way, all yeah. of a sudden, after about eight or nine, ten hands, everybody had six, seven, eight hundred dollars in front of them. And I guess and then, the then they started to play for real. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the state realized you know how stupid that rule was, and eventually got rid of it. Um, now, prior to that, though, Dave, which was very interesting, was the tournaments. Remember, we had a, we had a. We had a boon in this state when it was a sitting goes tournament. Yeah, the sitting goes, and it got to the point where I went up to speak with um, with Noah Carbone at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, and they had just they were doing so well with that, and I don't remember why I was up there talking to Noah. And he goes, "Look," and they were just finishing their tournament area, which was on that second floor where you and I played in right. that uh, in that horse tournament years later, and Coincidentally, um, I, I I don't believe it was even two to three weeks after I was up there, the state finally just, you know, somebody in there, you know, banged their head and somehow the, the light bulb came on and they said, okay, you can play poker like they do everywhere else, which in essence then killed all those sitting goes, you know, because now you were playing for, you know, for real pots, real cash. And and it actually did kill uh, the game. You know, it it killed the sitting gold games. They uh, for many years, um, you know, they were also killing it in sitting goals. Um, and so, yeah, the history of Florida poker is is I, I've I've seen it from from its inception all the way through now till now. So where we're having. You know, uh, like you mentioned earlier, the Hard Rock has the Lucky Hearts million dollar guarantee. I believe our good friend, uh, you know, uh, Mike Smith ran the first million dollar uh, guaranteed tournament in the state. Um, what was the other one, Dave, where the where the dog tracks all got together? Which well, really that was the Florida Million. Knew, uh, that Florida million. million. I think I think it was three years. It was kind of based out of uh, St. Uh, Derby Lane, I believe, the first couple of years. Yeah, my was that Patrick. Uh, what's his name up there? Derby. Oh, Lane. and uh, no, he's uh, up at uh, Silks. Where is Patrick he? Patrick Murphy. Murphy. Silks and yeah. uh, Tampa Bay Downs. Oh, he's at Tampa Bay Downs. He was the you know big driving force in the PPC with yeah. Sandy and yeah, uh, yeah, Patrick Brian, Murphy. So yeah. So, but yeah, they got together and it, you know, if you remember, you know, it felt a lot like the, uh, highlight, uh, tournaments where they have, you know, two sets of, uh, of, uh, teams from different frontons play. And then one fronton would be designated as host all the winners the championship, right? The yeah. So I, I thought it was a huge success. If I don't, if I yeah, it was three years. Was, I know the first two years were really good, really and I think good, it slipped yeah. off. Slipped yeah, off the third year. Happens, the third year is because people wanted the fighting over who would be the hosting it. Yeah, you know, yeah, they couldn't. Always, they couldn't. always greed. It's always greed. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, 
Well, that, the do. year that everything changed was 2010, uh, July 1st, 2010. We started our show in March of that year. And uh, that was when er all the poker room directors were so excited. Mike Smith and, and Scott Poole and people that you mentioned, where they said, the handcuffs are off, baby, finally. July 1st, July 1st of 2010. That's exactly it, because that's the target date. Uh, you know, that's that starts the new calendar year for the state of Florida. Right. If you notice, every license expires on June 30th. You know, it's good till June 30th. Um, and we were including licensing fees. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's still true. I don't see a reason why they would have changed it. But you got to understand, we ran two sessions back then, Dave. Remember, we had winter high lie and or summer and high summer. lie, regular summer high, high lie, whatever the added season, yeah. So, so this is, the, oh, and this is how much money, wait a minute, I just I need to mention this real quick, as you say, how much money did they spend? Just so you understand, for us to open, including Tampa opened a month before us, okay? And they opened with the same amount of tables, 40 tables, if I'm not mistaken, like we did, okay? The licensing fee was $1,000 for the first table, and for every subsequent table, it was $500. So in a 40-table room, you're looking at $20,500, okay? Now, we had to pay that twice because when the license changed from either regular highlight to summer highlight, it was a new decision, and you had to pay that twice. Wow. Now, think about this. I don't believe they had that in Tampa, but regardless, we opened, like I said, we had the party on June 20th, Okay. We had to pay like $20,500 to open it. And then 10 days later, repay that amount because yeah. the session came in for June, for, for July 1st. So, and Dave, you know, you're, you're bringing back a lot of memories. People were telling me the other day, oh, you know, I remember having one of your chips. You remember our chips? Yeah. Uh, which were very nice. I think they, we the, the logo design was really nice with the highlight player, and you know. So, in the state of Florida. In the state of Florida. It was really cool for the dollar, $5 chips, right? If you remember on the very original chips, okay, we, you know, the Florida Gaming owned four properties. The Miami, Tampa, Fort Pierce, and Ocala. Right. Okay. So we put those four names, and I've got one of those chips around here. I got, you know, that has all four of them. Yeah. Right. Well, we sold Tampa a year later. A year after being open, we sold Tampa. The state says, well, you can't have Tampa. You don't own Tampa anymore. It's not even a fronton. So then, Dave, you got to understand, we ordered 200 to 300, 400,000 chips. And the chips then were roughly about 70 cents. So you're looking at about over a quarter of a million dollars in chips. That, And we had spent probably more on the first batch. Okay. So now they're useless. They're sitting there. You're not allowed to use them. We order, again, a large number that now said Miami, Fort Pierce, Ocala. Well, sure enough, down the road, we sell Ocala. So now it's another reorder that says Miami, Fort Pierce. And I, I don't think it was a year, less than a year, that the state all of a sudden decided to, you know, new law that you could only have the name of your establishment. So I think okay. once again, so then we had, then I had to place the order for Miami chips, just that said Miami, and then 
we were running Fort Pierce by then. Fort Pierce had, had you know obviously opened up, so I had to order chips for them also. And well, these are these are all things that the average poker player has no knowledge oh. whatsoever. They just walk into the room, they 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 get their chair, they go sit down, and they wait for to start pitching cards to them. So, uh, you know, the stuff that you have to go through, I I would hope that they would find these discussions a little bit interesting just to realize what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, well, especially today's players, you know, because uh, they didn't go through. And I'm going back now to forget the paramutuals because the paramutuals, like I said, uh, became legal to have card rooms in 97. But in 92, when Miccosukee Indian Tribe was the first one in the whole state, and they were the only ones for two years until um, – Till May of 94, I believe, is when the Classic opened up at the Seminole Classic, okay? And this is how people were starved, Dave. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before in the show years ago, but uh, they announced the game as quarter, quarter 50 cents, $10 limit, okay? All the people heard was $10 limit. <laughs> Okay, because I am one of the, as again, I'll mention again on the show, I'm very proud to say that I'm one of the original 12 dealers that dealt poker on the first night it was ever legal in the state of Florida. So I'm sitting at, at the table, and the six players that come to my table, this is how, how starved they were to play poker. The nearest person lived in Boca. Okay, they came wow. from West Palm Beach, Fort Pierce. One guy from Orlando. These were the six people sitting at my table. And when I sit there, all of a sudden this one goes, I want to buy a thousand. I want to buy two thousand. I want eight hundred. You know, the, the, that was I sat there and I go, Boy, guys, I got something to tell you. <laughs> I said, they go, Yeah, but we're allowed to bet ten dollars. I go, No, 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 no. You misread that. They wrote that. I go, the bets are quarter and fifty cents, seven cards. Stud only, and the pot can't exceed ten dollars. And you know, after they laughed their asses off because you know they saw how much money was on the table, <laughs> and they they started going, "Are they effing kidding?" And I go, "That's the state of Florida. This is the penny ante poker law that they imposed on us." Yeah. But that being said, Dave. That being said. Mikasuki opened the doors at six at night and closed at six in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it still was By still was popular. They wanted to play. We had we got we started with ten tables. Within a month, we were up to like eighteen tables. And I'm telling you, Dave, it was packed. If you weren't there an hour before, you couldn't get a seat till maybe eleven, twelve o'clock at night. The waiting list was easily one hundred and fifty to two hundred people with. Six people, you know, 60, 70, well, 120 once they got up to 20 tables sitting there. And the same thing <laughs> occurred when the Seminoles were open back in 94. Yeah. By 4 o'clock, 36 tables would be packed with six players. Well, it reminds me of the one story someone told me. He said, uh, here's all you need to know. I had four sixes on the turn, and I couldn't raise. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just – listen – if there were listen, to, listen how crazy this is, and and people have explained this to when they see me play poker in Vegas and in California, and and I tell them the stories. I go, listen, you could bet there was nine dollars in the pot with five players. Yeah. So if the first player bets a quarter, now you're in the fifty cent stage, but they can't bet fifty cents. 
they can bet a quarter, okay? Yeah. You can bet a quarter. And if everybody calls, I got to return the quarter to everybody. Because <laughs> it would have been $10.25. I go, we're over the pot. Boom, it's over. So well, I'm telling you, it's a, it, it was incredible. It's amazing. Well, that's a little bit of the history. If you don't live in Florida or you weren't around for that time, I don't know if you'll find it interesting or not. I think some of Joe's stories about what goes on behind the scenes to me are fascinating. I uh, hope you enjoyed some of that, but we are going to take a break. Joe Costello, you got something to step in here? Yeah, I think that sounded really terrible and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it over again? No, just that was not that, no, not that bad. The uh, the rules back then, like oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's what I mean. It was really oh, okay, terrible okay. And, and and dumb. And I like, gotcha. Well, why on earth would anybody think that that's a good idea? We're going to make it so onerous and terrible that no one's going to want to play, or that yeah. thing is is so inconvenient and bothersome. And uh, and, and, and it lasted for twelve years like that, which is incredible. Incredible, but, it really but that, was. But that's why they call us the state of Florida. Yeah, you're not kidding. And no, and let me tell you, like I said, if I could start telling stories about when I was in front of the uh, the poker commission up in Tallahassee twice, you know, stuff that's going on today in Washington wouldn't surprise anybody if, yeah. if they had just woken up from a coma. Because yeah, it's just absolutely. ridiculous. It really is. Okay, let's take our break on the show. Um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the tournaments down here. Uh, the Palm Beach Kennel Club finished up their card player tour event. Uh, and the main event was won by a woman, which uh, we are always happy to see. I'll go through some of the details on that. And uh, we're doing the show here on a Tuesday on, on the 14th, which is a Thursday. The Seminole Hard Rock uh, in Hollywood will kick off their uh, tournament, the Lucky Hearts Poker Open, which used to be in February, but now has not been in January the last few years. And uh, we'll give you a little details on what's going there. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. You can always pick us up on SoundCloud, SoundCloud or uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Go to our web website at PokerActionLine.com. You can check us out on the PokerFuse podcast page, the Hold'em Radio Network, or anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify is a good place as well. So check it out and uh, join us every week as we talk about the latest in the world of poker. We'll be back after these uh, messages right here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. 
As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is Poker Action Live. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, uh, as we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. I want to get into some of the poker stuff uh, that's been happening down here. And it's nice to see. I mean, I know that numbers are up. The positivity rate of the COVID is over 10. And, uh, you know, it's nothing as bad as California. But at least here, they're able to uh, to get things going. And I don't know what you think about it, Joe, but... Uh, there's probably no chance in hell that the card rooms will close down again for any anything. No, I don't, Dave. I don't. I don't believe that that's going to be something unless these numbers just get to a very scary point. Uh, we all know that our governor doesn't want to close anything down, um, so I don't see that. Um, I also don't see us with these numbers at this at this point right now. Um, us being able to get away from, um, you know, from the limitations that we have, you know, we have a short, short-handed, rule. short-handed, exactly, poker. short-handed. Yeah. Now that being said, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm totally honest with you and 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 our listening and our listening to uh, fans here that it's an advantage to us right now, believe it or not, that our competitors are limited. Uh, because obviously it limits the amount of seats that are available um, to the poker players in this area. And if they can't get to, a, to, let's say they're trying to get to one of our competitors and they can't get there, well, then they know they can come to us. And, uh, you know, they've been enjoying our promotions, Dave. I wish you worked on Saturdays because um, we, we tweaked our Saturday's promotion and you know we we we're hitting maximum uh, usage in the room. Not to well, mention I'll be, I'll be there tomorrow, so I'll give you another chance to uh, put some people at the tables. 
Well, tomorrow you ain't. Tomorrow you definitely won't be seeing me tomorrow. Um, I had to go into work today for a while, and um, uh, just still trying to get over some of the stuff, some of the health issues that I've had over the last few months. Um, but regardless, tomorrow there'll be. You know, we've been doing our steady promotions. We will be, as you mentioned, the tournament. Um, we will be running. Um, a $5,000 guaranteed, 25000 guaranteed minimum to the first place winner for a $60 buy-in tournament. Uh, and that will be at 1 o'clock on, uh, on the, the last Sunday of the month, 31st. And, you know, we're looking at tweaking some of our promotions, Dave. You know, it's, it's hard uh, due to the, you know, the, the room that we have now with 12 poker tables, 4 DPs. The 12 poker tables are half of what I used to have. And, yeah. you know, you, to, to be able to run big promotions uh, and offer, you know, the amount of money that's being offered, or, you know, by our competitors, you have to be able to have, you know, 20 to 24 tables available and staffed, right. uh, you know, and... It's strange because, as we well know, I mean, Gulfstream never reopened, right? Gulfstream right. never reopened their poker room. Uh, the aisle, from what yeah, I've seen, is practically a shell of itself. Yeah, you they're know, down. I, I saw the numbers for their casino and uh, for November, and they did $9 million the, uh, in 2000, uh, 2019 and about $9 million 2018. This year, they did $6 million, so they're down about 35%. You're talking about and for the that's year just, 2020. That's just a, yeah, that's just for the casino. I the poker room is probably even but down. But remember, even but remember, when you look at it, you know uh, the numbers were weren't really that far off because they did nine million for a twelve month session. And not not for twelve. I'm talking about um, for a month in the casino. And the, oh, I'm sorry, in the casino, yes, but you know the, these numbers the casino, are hard to I, throw out because yeah. Well, I'm just trying to say that uh, their 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 business is down a oh, good third by a third. Absolutely, I don't know what they set their percentages at. Um, yeah, the industry takes notice of that, Dave. That you know their numbers have been down. Uh, you know, I can tell you right now. You know, very proud not, not to pat ourselves on the back, but. You know, my uh, Casino Miami uh, has been just a little over two years that uh, Mr. Ruffin has, has bought the casino out. And in Dade County, you know, four casinos, you know, unfortunately, we were down at the bottom of that as far as uh, we we were responsible for 19 percent of the, you know, of the revenue that was being generated in, in Dade yeah. County. So obviously, you know, anybody who's good with math, you know, you want to try to be close to 25%, but usually there's one favorite over the other. Well, long story short, we have now narrowed that gap down from 19 to 24 in two short yeah. years. So yeah, you, you guys are doing good. You guys are doing good. And uh, you're on par with the Magic City and Hylia as far as casino numbers go. I know you're trying to build the poker back up again. But uh, the amazing thing is the aisle used to be outside of the Hard Rock, of course, which we never can get numbers on. Uh, it's outside of the aisle, which was, you know, King Tut for this area. Now it's all very close, but all of uh, the other Miami casinos have pretty much caught them and are pretty much even with them for total revenue on machines. 
Well, and but they've changed uh, ownership hands two or three that's times, true. haven't they? That's that's true. The El Dorado people came in, and uh, there has been some changes, no doubt about it. Uh, let's get back. I want to get to back to the other thing. Let's uh, we'll talk come to talk about this some, a little more another time. But uh, you know, I know people are out there wondering what happened at some of these tournaments. Give, give us the facts here. Uh, first, I'll let you know about uh, Negrano versus Polk because we've been keeping a close eye on this. Uh, they are back to action here. In uh, in their heads up match, they have passed the halfway point of 12,500 hands, uh, with Polk up about seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars. They got back to action on January fourth with uh, some more, um, you know, head to head battles. And actually, the first session, it's they gave a rundown that uh, Negranu actually won twenty seven thousand dollars. So they're up past the. Uh, 14,000 hands now. I don't have an exact number for right now, but uh, Negrano says he has no intention of quitting and they'll keep playing and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, they said probably mid-March is when they'll probably finish the 25,000 hands. Wow. Well, that's interesting because I know that when we spoke about this a few weeks ago, wasn't it closer to a million dollars? that Negrano It was, was up down? to a million at one point, but it's, it's, he's cut it back. He's brought it back somewhat. Yeah, Which I think nice. his pride, his pride, you know, that, that you know, <laughs> your, your competitive pride kicks in and you go, I'm not throwing in the towel. I want to double yeah. down as a matter of fact. So absolutely. Um, excellent. I, I, you know, again, so busy, so busy with work. That's one match that I actually, you know, would be extremely interested in watching them play all those hands, you know, just, just to get an idea of, you know, two great players playing, you know, it's like a game of chess. They're going back and forth, heads up. It's it's a completely different game than when you're playing, you know, with multiple players. Right, absolutely. Uh, as far as Palm Beach goes, they had uh, eight events in the uh, Card Player Poker Tour Series, started on January 1st. Uh, the main event started on the 8th and finished on the 10th. Uh, the main event winner, which was a $350 buy-in, had uh, 298 entries, and uh, it was a 25000 guarantee, so the prize pool actually made it all the way up past $91,000. And uh, a woman, Rita Caldani, Caldani was the winner. She's from Delray Beach, and she took home the title. She defeated uh, Dmitriya Grachov, who is a regular at the Seminole Hard Rock, a uh, Russian player that lives down in Miami. And uh, John Pappas, not the famous John Pappas from... Uh, from um, uh, Poker Players Alliance, but uh, and then re then retired and left and went into politics. But this is another John Pappas finished third. Richard Shoemaker fourth. Brian Hunter fifth. Uh, first prize was uh, twenty thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. So a pretty nice tournament uh, with the eight tournaments. The total entries for the eight tournaments just under a thousand nine hundred ninety eight. The opening tournament was uh, fairly big. Uh, that was a uh, uh, $125 buy-in, uh, $5,000 guarantee, and uh, they had 207 entries for that. It was won by Rudy Vasquez, and he defeated Dave Maddox, David Maddox, in head-to-head -head play, $5,384 for that one. And then the other tournaments all went uh, anywhere from 125 up to uh, about 230, I think, were most of the events. So uh, pretty good turnout, and I'm sure Noah has to be happy. I tried to get a hold of him today and wasn't able to, but uh, we'll have him on before too long to talk about the room 
it looks like uh, they did play it up on the second floor. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, they got to be happy that, that they're at least making strides to get back to where they were at one point with, uh, with the events uh, that they used to play uh, up there all the time. And the nice part is the numbers really aren't that bad as far as the players coming in. You know, right. uh, like I said, it's, you know, it's a brand, it's a brand new world and people have to get used to whatever the restrictions are, the, the, the whether they've got the dividers, the masks. Um, you know, I was having that discussion this morning with uh, some of my dealers who are finding it uncomfortable to wear not only a mask, but we're requiring them to wear a shield. And I know it's difficult. I know it's very difficult to deal with in, in that. But, uh, you know, that's the world we live in right now. And those are the conditions we've chosen to return in. So, uh, yeah. players ha have the same, you know. And uh, again, uh, I don't know if you've spoken to anybody, but I know that in some areas they don't have to wear masks and everything else. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's such a strange world now. You know, I probably would say 15 to 20% of my players. You know, are constant, the same people that I got to constantly tell them, put your mask up, put your mask up. I've actually had to throw a few people out of the casino, out of the poker room, just because I've just got tired of telling them the same thing over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next big tournament is Seminole Hard Rocks uh, uh, Lucky Hearts Poker Open. That gets underway January the 14th, uh, the first event is a $600 buy-in first uh, they'll have six sessions uh 10 a.m and 6 p.m for three consecutive days thursday friday and saturday of this week and then they'll all return for day two on sunday to finish things up it's a deep stack tournament uh with uh, a limit of 400 players maximum per flight so it has affected them in some ways you know it's not going to have the wild crazy thing where they just got people lined up out the door there is a limit of 400 so we invite people to get in there early if you're uh, expecting to play in one of those also overlapping those tournaments there's a omaha eight or better which also starts on thursday there's a horse tournament on Friday. Both of those are $400 buy-ins and then a deep stack PLO on Saturday, the 16th. So they're off and running this uh, beginning on Thursday for the Lucky Hearts. And uh, I'm very curious. I did uh, converse on text with Tony and he said he hoped to join us maybe next week if he could, but uh, has a lot of meetings getting set up for that. So a lot of people will be coming down this time and seeing the Guitar Hotel for the first time. Uh, I'm wondering what the attraction is going to be to get huge name players that have been here every year for the last 10 years. Uh, how many of them will show up? What do you think? Well, I, I believe they should. I mean, depending on how their phobias are as far as all of that. I mean, the numbers down here are a little high. Um, it's a very good question. If there's a lot of poker being played where they're from, I don't know if the attraction, usually it's our weather, beautiful hotel, obviously, um, getting this back in, Dave. I, I would imagine that it'd be high to come down here. Um, and I'm sure they're just looking to making sure that the uh, safety procedures, protocols are, are in place and being followed very strictly, which, you know, from what I've been told, they really are at the hard rock. They're really, yeah. you know, 
making sure that everybody is following the rules uh, and and that their employees are, are following the procedures and protocols that they've put in place. Well, the Guitar Hotel and the new poker room opened in October of 2019. So it's been about, uh, uh, I guess, a year and a half or so, uh, a little bit less than that maybe. But uh, a lot of people will want to see some of the new changes. They did a lot of uh, upgrades on the property. And uh, it certainly is an attraction if you were unable to come last year. So we'll see what kind of turnout there is. In case you're interested, Joe, the Seniors Tournament, 50 up. Is uh, <laughs> on Monday, Monday the eighteenth, four hundred dollar buy-in beginning at ten a.m. So uh, if you can break away from work and you is feel it like a one playing, day, is it a one-day tournament? It is. Yes, that's interesting. I, this coming Monday, a week, uh, a week from yeah, on the uh, yesterday. Yes. So check that out. Uh, Omaha Eight Stud Eight uh, Combo Tournament is one of the highlights of this event. Also, the main event, obviously, and we'll hope to get Tony on. It's a million dollar guarantee this year. Thirty five hundred dollar buy in, uh, one single re entry each day, and uh, the opening session is at eleven a.m. on uh, Friday, January twenty second. They also have the other opening day on Saturday at eleven a.m. And then day two will be the 24th, day three on the 25th, day four on the 26th when they finish things up. So uh, I don't know how much uh, TV there's going to be as far as taping it for a future show, but very possible that that could be back again. So uh, that all gets underway. Hopefully we'll talk with Tony about it and uh, very curious to see what kind of numbers they do. And more importantly, the type of people that show, uh, you know, obviously had huge name poker players. Uh, I just put a photo of, the, of me standing in the background of a table head to head. It's uh, Grant Hinkle going against uh, 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 Alex Foxen, two of the best players in the world. And I'm standing right there by the table. So uh, it, it's been pretty exciting over the years, not just Florida players, but player com players coming in from all over the country. And uh, we'll hope that that happens as well. Yeah, well, and you're talking, you know, uh, one, 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 one of the interesting things is last weekend they ran a $25,000 guaranteed tournament on Saturday and a 50 on Sunday. And they were limiting it to one hour registration with a 50K guarantee of $1,100 buy in, Big Dave. Right. And they were limiting it to either the one hour or 119 people, whichever came first. And the hour came. But they still have 99 people. That generated a prize pool of $108,900 for a $50,000 guarantee. Yeah, that's that's you know that's knowing you that you have no putting up a $50,000 guarantee with only an hour of registration and crushing it and doing more than double. Is, yeah, is is knowing your poker players that 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 alone is the indicator that uh, people are dying to get back to playing poker. Well, we will get back to some of the other news on our next program. I did want to pass along a couple of things right here at the end of the show. Uh, the casino mogul Sheldon Adelson died, uh, I guess it was yesterday, at the age of 87. He was the multi-billionaire that founded the Sands, uh, Las Vegas Sands Corporation. Uh, he had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he passed away from complications related to that treatment. Six children, 11 grandchildren, and his wife that he married in 1991. 
he was, of course, the number one uh, opponent of online poker. And I don't know if that his death will change anything. I'm sure there's a lot of people in his organization who will continue that fight. But uh, he was a big Republican uh, uh, contributor, uh, contributed almost $350 million to Republican candidates uh, during the last two elections. So uh, one of the top uh, people supporting uh, the Republican causes and one of the strongest opponents of Internet poker. He called it a threat to our society, a toxin which all good people ought to resist. Yet, uh, you know, he doesn't have any problem taking money with people with gambling problems at, uh, at his uh, multitude of casinos, including the ones in Macau. Yeah, and I remember he used to, you know, seem to have Mitch McConnell in his pocket. Uh, right, for, right, no question. Know, for, for, to filibuster for him and everything. So, uh, you know, may, yeah. may he rest in peace and my condolences to his family. But, uh, you know, maybe the opposition won't come so hard from from his heirs, uh, you know, hopefully right. won't follow along that same suit. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other news, Michigan, uh, right before the end of the year, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, signed legislation that would allow Michigan's online poker market to not only open, but to uh, co-mingle their pools with other states, which is a huge plus for that. Uh, they'll share that uh, liquidity pool. And uh, they had hoped to be live in November, but it still is not ready to go yet. But the Senate voted in favor of that bill, 36 to 1. And then in mid-December, uh, the entire House passed it 85 to 16. So very positive um, thoughts coming out of Michigan. And we'll see what happens with that. We'll talk about more of that in the new year. Uh, other uh, things going on in Philadelphia, new casino coming. The people that own Maryland Live are opening a live casino in Philadelphia. It's in the city limits, right in the uh, stadium district. Uh, if you've been to Philadelphia, you'll know that the uh, 76ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, uh, the baseball team, the Phillies, all play in like a it's a little triangle there with the three stadiums right there. So it's a very hopping, important area. And uh, they will be opening a 29-table poker room inside a 510,000-square-foot property. That will make four Philadelphia casinos now that have poker rooms. So the competition getting uh, pretty swift up there. Yeah, well, you know, we've mentioned Parks was the number one up there. I don't know if they're still holding that title, but uh, I know we know that Parks definitely put a dent into Atlantic City poker. So, well, you got Parks, you got Har you got Harris down in Chester. You also got uh, the new one in Rivers Casino, which started in Pittsburgh, and now they have one in Philly. So there's four really good poker rooms, and I think they're very competitive with each other. I don't think that uh, Parks is the king anymore. Anyway, anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Joe, thank you for your time tonight. Joe Costello as well. Uh, we're looking forward to a uh, big 2021. I hope you get over to the Hard Rock and do some reporting over there, maybe get a few interviews, and we'll see what happens uh, next weekend as their main event uh, gets underway, uh, on the, as I mentioned, on the 22nd. And uh, we'll look forward to having some uh, fun times here on the show. Uh, again, you can always contact me at lemondave at yahoo.com, lemon, L-E-M-M-O-N, two M's, Dave at yahoo.com. Let us know what you want to hear from the program and, and uh, maybe give us some feedback on our guests and who you'd like to see. Uh, Joe, thank you and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Yes, sir. 
Like we say, there's never anything to talk about poker. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll come up with some things for sure. Thanks. Thanks for being with us this week. And we hope you're with us every week throughout the year. Usually post on Tuesday nights, but uh, you never know. You can check the SoundCloud and find out when the latest is. If you uh, sign up to uh, get notices from them or from Spotify, you certainly be right on top of things and get it. We'll talk to you later on another edition of the program next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 